Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I'm here today with David Richmond, and he's written this fabulous book. It's called Cycle of Life, or Lives. I'll take that back because there's more than one in this book. So, David, welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thank you. I'm very excited to talk to you, Nancy. I'm excited you're here. Okay, you guys. So if you want to know what we're going to be talking about today, Cycle of Life with Lives was created as a result of many years of dedication to raising awareness and funds for cancer research and care. Okay, this is a really serious subject we're going to talk about today. David first started um, to form this idea in 2007 after his sister was in the last few weeks of her battle with brain cancer. So he made a commitment to his sister before her passing that he would run 24 hours and raise money to support the fight of others. So for the past 15 years, David has completed um, more, so many events, um, 87 mile run. He's gone from Cancun to Tulum in the heat of a Mexican summer. He's done a 104 mile run along the Pacific coast highway, long bike rides. I'm a bike rider. I like riding the bike. So we'll talk about that today, but he's had hundreds of people who've supported him. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And then you put this book together and I want you to tell the story, you know, David, I know it's probably difficult, but tell us a story about June. That was my mom's name, by the way. And oh, sweet. yeah, and was it just you and her, or did you just two siblings, or were there more siblings? Or no, just the two of us. Uh, we were only about sixteen months apart. Um, so I, I tend to say like her and I were very close in age, right? Sixteen months apart. My parents, though, on the other hand, were thirty-eight years in difference. So. Um, yeah, uh, 21 and 59 when I was born. <clears throat> so yeah, I know that's ridiculous. So, uh, her and I had each other, but we didn't have really much of either parent, right? Cause one was way too young to have kids. One was way too old to have kids. So her and I were very close growing up. Wow. That's so tell me the story. What happened? She was always very healthy and, you know, tell the <laughs> what happened. Well, so, you know, I, I, um, I, I think that um, what made her experience with cancer a little um, more stark was that coming from a traumatic childhood that we both had, uh, you know, in my mid-30s, uh, I was a wreck. And in her mid-30s, she was fantastic. You know, great circle of friends, you know, healthy marriage, you know, two kids and really living her best life coming out of that. I really admired that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, one day I was right kind of in the middle of doing a super huge pivot in my life, like finally getting some awareness about who I wanted to be and all the mistakes I had made and all the wrong paths I'd gone down and maybe just the wrong frame of mind that I had. And I, I wanted to make this major change in my life. And when I did, uh, I saw this huge pathway in front of me of where I might become by living on purpose and by having a purposeful life and connecting in the right way with the world around me. And meanwhile, at the exact same time, um, there, here's a woman who's on that path and very, you know, solidly on that path. And then she called me up and she's like, yeah, I got diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. I mean, brain cancer. Ugh. Awful. And did it run? It was not, uh, you know, hereditary or anything? No, no, not hereditary. Nothing. I mean, there's yeah, just, I, it was just something that happened. You know, I write in the book about the fact that it's uh, like the, the queen of emotional chaos because there's a little bit of voodoo going on with cancer, right? And who doesn't know the 90 year old woman that smokes cigars and drinks whiskey and is healthy and the 35 year old, you know, woman who's out there running marathons, never smoked a day in her life and all of a sudden gets lung cancer. I mean, just it, a lot of times it's just not understandable. 
Um, and, and it makes it somewhat difficult for us to kind of uh, wrap our brains around the emotional side of it. Mm-hmm. And when I witnessed what June was going through, uh, and I watched the doctors and patients and other people when I was doing events, I, I noticed that there was this kind of a very consistent dynamic, Nancy, and that was that people were really good about dealing with the tasks around their cancer. How do I eat better? How do I sleep better? How do I navigate healthcare? How do I get my kids watched? Why I go to chemo? How do I get support from friends? Uh, this kind of stuff they were good at. Right. But when it came to the emotional side. I was just going to say the emotional. Side. Yeah. And, and I don't mean to interrupt you on this, but as you're talking, yeah. you know, and as I went through your book, I'm an empath. I don't know if you know that, but I pick up the energy of other people and um, I'm very empathic. And it was very difficult for me to even read this mm-hmm. because I have had so many people on the show and I hope you understand what I'm saying and not take it negatively. Cause it's not, it's just, you're probably learning as you're doing these interviews too. Uh, you know, all the people who seem to get some kind of illness, it's almost like there isn't in it. There's like an internalization, like the internalized emotion, it's emotion. Cause we're energy. We're made up of energy and we're completely energy. And you were saying it yourself, you're in a bad spot. Your energy wasn't good. You changed your energy and life was good. And, you know, you thought her life was good, but maybe inside, you know, there was some energy that was stuck or whatever. And we're just starting to realize this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you bring this up, it really hits home with me because nobody had, like you said, you've got all these doctors and nurses and they're doing the mechanical stuff. Mm-hmm. But what about the emotions? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, listen, one of the people in the book, I don't know if you got this far, but one of the people in the book is is an oncologist and she, you know, for 40 years had never discussed the emotional issues that she was experiencing. And not with her husband, not with friends, not with peers, not not with anyone, because we just don't know how to navigate. In fact, it's pretty funny. I asked her, I said, I said to her, I go, well, so why go into oncology? I mean, like, seriously, why why become a, 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 you know, a surgeon and deal with breast cancer your whole life, whatever? And what's the point? And she goes, man, I, I she goes like every other oncologist. We go into it because we, we want good karma and hope we don't get cancer. I'm like, wow. <laughs> You know what? It's a lot of times they will get it because they take it on. Have you heard that? And have you seen it before? Yeah, it's the energetic exchange Mm -hmm. energy. Well, yeah, but 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 what happens is 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 what I witnessed was that when it came to that emotional side, like 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 I, this twenty four hour run that you mentioned in the in the, in the entrance, um, mm-hmm. this was an event that June wanted to go to to watch a team that was assembled to raise money for her, and it's where you walk around a track for twenty four hours, and she wanted to just root them on as they were you know supporting her, and she passed away a couple of days before, right? But I still did the twenty four hour event and i was on the track the whole 24 hours and i was just watching and man it was lively and it was energetic and people were sharing information and they were you know crying and they were laughing and they were you know doing all this awareness stuff and i was really like i was really like wow this is amazing but then later in the day it was like the remembrance lapse and everybody all of a sudden just got super super quiet and they could label the emotions up in candles on the on the on the on the stands, and they could, uh, but and they could be there and walk, but nobody talked. Nobody talked. Everybody was just isolated. They were just in their own little internal worlds dealing with the emotion. And I'm like, why is it so easy to talk about like the task and not the emotion? Why is that? And 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 I think part of it is because it's just so much of an unknown. Well, it's our society. We've all been, you know, taught to suppress our emotions and not, Mm -hmm. you know, even when growing up, I'm going to age myself, you know, little boys were not taught, were taught to toughen up and don't cry. And I've even been told when I, when I was younger to toughen up and not be, but that's not the case. We need to release those emotions because what Mm -hmm. we're doing is we're releasing that energy is what I have learned over time. What do you think? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and and look, I I believe that uh, humans are only connected by two things. We're, we're connected by emotion. We all have the same basic emotions. We might not have the same emotional responses, but we all have the same basic emotions. Unless we all got the heart. 
Yeah, we all have a heart. But I mean, everybody experiences fear and anger and those kind of things, you know, happiness, joy. Um, and we're connected by story. And if we don't allow ourselves to ex- uh, explore those connections the, through storytelling and emotions, then we're just shut off from from human beings. We, we don't connect with them on an authentic and deep level. Right. We have to connect energetically. I agree with you. And I love, and that's why I do this show. So people like you can come on and tell their stories. Um, you guys, I'm here today with David Richmond. We're doing the podcast too. So we're going to pause. The book is Cycle of Lives. There are 15 people's stories in here. And hopefully he'll tell us a couple today. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. And we will be right back. Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Hi, this is Nancy Yerald, and I want to thank all of my listeners for supporting High Road to Humanity. You can listen to High Road to Humanity on TogiNet Internet Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. The show is now streaming on Binge TV Networks. Just search for High Road to Humanity. If you guys are interested in a spiritual reading or coaching, visit my website, nancyyerald.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Earl, and this is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with David Richmond. David, where are you today? Where are you joining me from? I am in Las Vegas, Nevada. God bless. Well, I'm in New Mexico, so we're not too far from each other today. Oh, well, on my bike ride, I went through New Mexico. One of my favorite stories in the book is uh, is from New Mexico. From Albuquerque. You want mm-hmm. to tell that story? Yeah, sure. So uh, part of the reason that I, I went on the bike ride. So basically what I did is I interviewed 15 people for a couple of years. Right. I interviewed more, but only 15. We were able to get like to the heart of the matter. Right. And they had that like some level of hey, I really don't know how to talk about the emotional side of things, right? Everybody. But then I thought, well, maybe I'm being a little myopic. And maybe that's just because I'm creating that reality because those are the people that I found. And I said, well, part of the book is going to be um, like making sure that that's a theme that is not just one that I'm trying to, you know, I'm the hammer and I found the nail. But this is something I want to try to see if it's more universal. So I'm in New Mexico and I have a friend who's supporting me and he has a family there. And his father had gone through cancer several years before. And his sister, who was a nurse, um, had uh, stage three uh, breast cancer, double mastectomy, and uh, became a lobbyist for patient rights. And they both pulled me aside. They, they take me out for brunch, like big, big family takes me out for brunch. And they both pulled me aside individually going, oh, this is such a great idea. Nobody talks about their cancer, about the emotional side. And I mean, we need to do that. We need to open our hearts and connect with people. And it's such a great thing you're doing. And I thought, wow, okay, well, I guess I found the exception to the rule. So I get up as I'm, I'm leaving for the, the big brunch and I get up and I thank them and I, and I say, Hey, listen, not everybody is like you. And I look at the dad and he looks at me kind of weird. And, and I go, well, you know, about being able to be open about your emotional things. And he puts his hands in his laps and he puts his head down and, 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 and I go, what? And he said, well, well, uh, I think it's a good thing what you're doing, but I, I never really talked about it. I'm old school. I mean, I don't want to put my kids through my adult kids through things. I just, I got to deal with it. I don't want to upset my wife. I, I just deal with my emotions on my own. And I looked at the daughter and I go, well, look, knowing what your dad went through and then what you went through, the fact that you were able to talk to him is, and she, and she puts her hands in her laps and her eyes down. And I go, what? You just both told me how important it was. And she goes, well, 
I didn't want to like have him worry about losing a daughter. And so we never really talked about the emotional side of things. And I, I never really experienced, you know, like what he went through and I didn't want to burden him. I didn't really know what to say. And I'm like, but you both told me how important it was to talk. And they go, well, it is. We just haven't done it. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so even this beautiful, close family who had very similar experiences and were so congratulatory of me for exploring this thing. They had not talked about it, and it was really sweet. About uh, two weeks later, I'm 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 still on the bike ride. I'm in Florida, and I get a call from my friend, and he said, "Hey, hey, brother, I need to let you know that um, my dad and my sister and me, we just went out for dinner." I go, "Oh, did you have a good time?" He goes, "I didn't say a word." These two laughed and they cried, and they shared their emotions, and they talked about their experiences and their fears and their joy and their gratitude and. They were, it was amazing. He goes, they, the first time they ever talked about it, he goes, it was amazing. And I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Every day I ran into stories like that. Yeah. See the change. Now I'm going to ask you, are you a religious kind of guy? I would say that I'm spiritual. I don't know that I'm real. I don't follow any religion, but I certainly believe in a higher power and that there are things out there that are unexplainable and you just got to give into it and realize that there's more to the world than we know. Right. Cause as you speak and as you tell these stories, I realize that all these people who are in your book, this was all divinely guided each one. Yeah. Can I tell you a really crazy story? Sure. Let me tell you a super crazy story about June. So okay. um, if, if anybody listening has written a book, you know that when you write a book, and you edit and you rewrite and you re-edit and you rewrite and then the editor edits and rewrites and then the publisher edits it and rewrites it and then they lay it out and the copywriter comes along and then layout artists and blah, 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 right? You couldn't plan to put anything in a specific place except for maybe the title page, right? So my sister um, was super close to my dad and he happened to pass away while she was on the phone with him. And uh, she had told me, listen, uh, David, like it, during her cancer journey, she was like, look, David, I'm seeing ones everywhere. Like it's always 1111 when I look at the clock, it's 111 degrees out. My kids are in homeroom 111. She goes, it's completely nuts. And I go, I go, all right, well, whatever. She goes, no, you know what I think? And I go, what? She goes, I think that's dad. I think that's dad. Like t telling me everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, da, da, da. good thing you think that. So after she passed, my kids, every homeroom was 111, right? We we would be out at Lake Mead in Vegas uh, boating. And, and at 111, my daughter would go, oh, look, it's 111 degrees out, like all this stuff, right? And we just think it's June, right? And so we have this, 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 like, like anytime we see ones, we think of how sweet it is that maybe that's June looking over us. So I get a call from uh, a reader, a text, a friend of mine. And she goes, that was pretty cool what you did about June. And I go, excuse me, because I told the stories of the ones mm -hmm. yeah. in, in the book. And I go, ah, oh, you mean the story about the ones? Yeah, pretty cool, right? She goes, no, no, no. She goes, how you did it? And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, where you finished the story? I go, what? She goes, you don't know what I'm talking about. I go, what are you talking about? She goes, the, the chapter, the page where you finished the story of June's, it ends on page 111. <laughs> I go, are you, I'm getting chills right now. Tell you the story. Cause I'm like, how is that even remotely possible? Yeah. And it is because when you become, oh, you have the book, you can flip to page 111. That's where the story of the ones ends. Well, how, you can't plan that stuff. No. And it's true. And there it is. Yeah, it's a very Unbelievable. Right. Well, and I, I want to talk a little bit about 1111 and it is true and it is a sign and it is a sign. It's a divine sign and it's a spiritual sign. And um, gosh, you know, and it was her way of letting you know that she's acknowledging, you know, that was her way of acknowledging, you know, for I think when people become really spiritual, uh, they start to see 11s and then they now I see fours. <laughs> really? Yeah, now I see four, eight, forty-four, four, four, four. It's always forty-four, four. Always fours. Wow. Elevens. Now it's fours. Interesting. So it's really interesting. Yeah, numbers have energy, and numbers bring messages. Mm -hmm. And I work with the angelic realm, and so when I get a message like that, I know that just like you, they're they're telling, they're like, hey, Nance, pay attention. And so what that did for you, and it's wonderful because now you pay attention because you think about her. 
That's wonderful. Yeah, which is really cool. I mean, that's an energy that um, that I wouldn't have tapped into had she not told me the story of the ones and had I not really thought about it. And there are multiple uh, stories like that that they're through the throughout the book. Um, and it just it just does give me some comfort, and I think it should give the reader some comfort that they're not alone. Right. You know? Because uh, it, cancer can be a very lonely, isolating place, um, whether you are experiencing it or you're a secondary um, a person, you know, you're a caregiver, a loved one, just a friend, whatever. It can be a very uh, scary and lonely place. So one of the things that I love most about the stories is that uh, very f- few people have, have told me, I don't think anybody's ever told me they haven't identified with at least a couple of the people in the book. I was going to because I know you're all about connecting people and, 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 you know, having them form deeper, more authentic connections. And I think that that's what I was trying to do uh, with these stories was so that I could understand what Nancy went through as a kid, what she went through as a young adult, how she was able to, or unable to connect with people in her lives. Because if I connect, can connect with her on an emotional level, maybe I can learn from that. And that might allow me to then better connect with people in my own life. And that's what I tried to do with these stories. No, and I agree. I think it's a great, it's a great thing. Let's talk about biking. You go on this 5,000 mile bike ride. Tell the audience about that. And you call it cycle of lives. I mean, where did this idea come from? Where did you, how come you decided to do this? Uh, Well, I like to say that it was a grandmaster plan. It was a bit of a gimmick. So um, I, what I like to do is uh, I like to press myself with goals that are completely unreachable. And because then if I could reach them, it's like, wow, maybe I, you know, it's kind of nice to set a goal too high. So when I was doing the book and I kept thinking over and over about this concept of we're all connected and, and I, and I really wanted to believe it, right. We are all connected, but how and why and uh, connection, connection, connection. Oh, and then I thought like in these old timey movies, when like a plane, goes like from africa over to morocco and then morocco to france and they the red line follows the plane oh yeah you know on the map so i said hey well why don't i just i met all i i've talked to all these people for a couple of years why don't i be the 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 thread that connects them Me. so why don't i get on my bike and zigzag my way across the country to try to meet as many of them so i can connect the stories right. and that that was what i wanted to try to do was to connect and i thought oh, okay that'd be kind of fun and then, um, yeah, I only had six weeks to do it. So if you can do the math, that's like 120 miles a day, every day. Crazy. Uh, I'm crazy. Really, I'm nuts. like, okay, my butt hurts and I'm tired and I don't want to do this. But you just kept going. Yeah. P- part of it was because I didn't want to fail. Right. Right. I didn't want to, fa- I didn't want to fail. Part of it was because I had an obligation. I had uh, hospitals to see cancer centers. I had media stuff. I had people that were expecting that I was going to do this. So I didn't want to let others down. Right. Uh, another thing was, you know, I mean, it was, I needed a space to contemplate the stories. Right. And you, and you did it for June. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, you guys, the book is Cycle of Lives. It's by David Richmond. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Help me, TogiNet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at TogiNet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E. 
E-T.com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm back here today with David Richmond. We're talking about cancer, and we're talking about emotions and what we go through, what the person goes through, what the family goes through, how the caregivers, you know, everybody plays a, a role in this. But a lot of times we don't show our emotions. And I'm really glad that you put this book together, David. It was a really great idea. Um, in the book, you talk about what really hit me was uh, June's family. She had a husband. She had a couple of children. She had a big family. Um, you spent holidays and everything together. And then after she passed, it, you kept going on with all of this. And you've been doing it since 2007. But you it really bothered you that the family didn't continue on and support your mission um, to bring awareness to cancer. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. It's 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 not just continue. Like I don't want to be have them be stuck in a place where they're constantly focusing on June's death. But but it was weird because like I would do an event and I include you know all whatever fifteen of them or however many were in um you know her her you know her married into family and I would wouldn't get any responses and I'm like hmm I mean why is that and and it just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, and and even after doing this for a few years, I would go like, hey, you know, like I'm, I'm not suggesting that you take part. I'm not even suggesting that you like make a gesture, but at least I like, are you getting my messages? Like, aren't you glad that at least the memory of her is kept? Not a word, not a word from a single one of them. And and it really, really was difficult to understand because she was so positive and such a an important part of their lives. And I just think that it was, it was so traumatic for them. And it was, it was such a loss that they didn't have the ability, you know, sometimes pain, you know, pain is healed over time. I think in some cases it it just, it just can't be. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how to say that. Like some, I just feel some people aren't evolved enough or equipped or take the time to, receive professional help or um or or can just face the hard time it's so hard we can live in such yeah i know but you know as you're speaking it just feels like it's the opposite of what you taught in this book i know it's really right really a drag right because they and this is i'm an i'm an intuitive so i'm picking up is they they didn't want to deal with the emotions just like you said you were a reminder that she died yeah Instead of a celebration that she lived. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I could take it personal, but then I decided not to because okay. you know, everybody, yeah, look, I, I, I really am in t- tune with this concept of even though we're all connected, like, like I, like I've got to live my life and everybody lives theirs, right? We're all just passerbyers in each other's lives. And sometimes we're fortunate, you know, like you and I have connected and, and we both have this like, yeah. Uh, mission to connect people, right? So we're passer buyers, but we're connected for a moment. How how wonderful is that? So, you know, I I guess you're right that that's that's it. And I think I've come to peace with it. I certainly don't like it. I don't wish it was that way, but I definitely have come to peace with it. That you know what, everybody's living their own life, and and yeah. it's an awareness. You're aware. Mm-hmm. It makes you even. It makes me, and I would imagine it makes you even more aware that people aren't dealing with their emotions when it comes oh. to stuff. You know, we don't deal with death well in our society. We, everybody pretends that we're going to live forever. It's quite interesting. And 
You know what I mean? It is. Oh, I, I know it. And I also, uh, there's two or three uh, physicians in the book, uh, doctors in the book and surgeons, whatever, and a couple of that didn't make it. And all of them talked about how the human brain is just not wired to be able to understand its own mortality. Like I can understand other people dying, but I can't understand my own. It, it's like when you look in the mirror, you see yourself as you see yourself. You don't see yourself as others see you. And they, they see you as the way you look today. You see you as the way you want to see yourself in the mirror and it's pretty funny like there's this cartoon of this old dude looking in a mirror and he sees like this little kid looking back yeah. and he's like man i look i still look so good right <laughs> but he's this old dude in the mirror right because that's the way we see ourselves i think it, that, that that is an explanation for it you know well and i just think okay and i'll get into my spiritual part of this i believe the more we connect with a higher power god divine whatever you want to call it i say god then we do bring in that energy and we start to realize that you know we are energetic souls and we're down here learning and we're down here evolving and this isn't it you know now i'm yeah. going to so i don't know why i'm going to ask you but i am um other than 11 111 in the book has she been in contact with you no not that i am aware of around or do you anything like any like aha moments or anything like that where you're like you know i think that biggest aha moment was that that story ended up on page 111 okay. you know i think that that was it I, I don't think that there is but i'll tell you what um where the connection is and where she's spoken to me is here i am you know, uh, she died, what, 15 years ago now. And and over the years, while this idea was coming to fruition, um, you know, I stayed close to her and she stayed close to me and and in memory. And um, during the writing of the project, that that whole thing happened. And and it was really interesting. Like, 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 I'm really grateful to my editor, because when I first wrote the book, the first draft that I sent to her was just me interviewing the people that ended up in the book um, my editor sent back a, um, a a note to me saying look this is all wrong it's never going to work because you got to pull yourself out of their stories you're not part of their story right there they have their own stories you're not part of their life this is their story so pull yourself out of their stories and then why don't you write it your own story and i'm like ah, nobody's really interested and they go yeah they'll be interested to see how you process your sister's death and you know the bike ride and the whole thing and i, I was like okay so I did that and that made me really uh, stay close to her and also contemplate some of the grief. And, and, and I think um, I'm very grateful to, to the, having the time on the bike ride because although I had grieved her death, which was a really, um, yeah, it was kind of an easier thing to do because she, she, you know, she died over four years. She didn't die like in an accident overnight. Right. And so we had a lot of talks. We had, a, we, had we connected in a lot of ways. We were able to grieve, at least I was able to grieve her death long before she died, but I wasn't able to grieve until I went on the bike ride because I didn't even know I had an issue was I wasn't able to grieve the losing of the one person that knew me as a kid. It really, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the interesting thing about sibling death is yeah. nobody else knows you the way, the way you, the way you were as a kid than, than, than your sibling. This was healing for you. Oh, absolutely especially with regards to that. Yeah. So between the bike ride and listening to other people's stories, that's what really healed your, you emotionally. On a lot of different issues, even many unrelated to cancer, right? Even right. many unrelated to losing my sister. It made me, yeah, it did heal me because I was able to connect with people on a very, very deep level and realize, man, I know I've been through a lot, but wow, have people been through a lot. Like you never know what they've gone through or what they're going through. And it's just, it humbles you to the human experience and realizes, you know what? We all should take a moment and, and practice self-healing, self-awareness, self-care. And, and, and that can only make us, you know, stronger and, and better people for those around us as well. Yeah. And that's something that I real I talk a lot about. I'm glad you brought it up, you know, taking care of yourself, uh, healing, uh, healing yourself, just like you talked about the elderly gentleman who didn't in Albuquerque, who didn't speak to his daughter and she didn't, you know, and think of all the emotions they held in and what that does energetically and how that oh. 
preys on you, you know, and then once you release it, you know, how we're healthier human beings by doing that. I'm so glad to see society is changing and that people are starting to become more aware of these things. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, it, uh, who doesn't know the person that's going through something difficult or has gone through something difficult recently that you are avoiding talking to because you don't know what to say and you don't want to upset them and you don't want to put your foot in your mouth and it creates this angst, right? Mm-hmm. It creates this like tension inside of you like, oh, I got to call this person, but it's been so long. I don't know what to say. And what are they, right? Okay. Now compare that to just uh, doing the hard thing and picking up the phone and calling this person and saying, Hey, Nancy, like, literally, I've been thinking about you. I know I've been afraid to call you, but I'm not afraid right now. How are you? Yeah. And the relief and the, and the release of tension and the release of that angst that just comes from connecting with someone in a really authentic way, especially on the emotional level, it, it always makes you feel better. Always. Even if the subject is heavy, even if it's a, a, a cry fest, whatever, you are going to go. Uh, out of that conversation, feeling much better about yourself, about humans and about connecting with others. And I, it just, it, it, it's never less communication is never better than more, you know, more communication is always better. I can see how this book has really made a difference in your life. Hey, we're going to go to one more break here before we get out. You guys, I'm here today with David Richmond. How do people find you? You do have a website, David dash Richmond.com. Is that correct? Yes. Or cycleoflives.org same website david-richmond.com or cycleoflives.org all right this is nancy Earl. this is high road to humanity we will be right back hang on we have more stories to tell on high road to humanity check out nancy's website nancyyearout.com to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com.
want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Earle. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm back here today with David Richmond. His book is Cycle of Lives. He's told 15 people's stories and uh, 5,000 miles in a journey through the emotional chaos of cancer. And this is what his book looks like. And, um, you know, you've written so many stories in here. And I was asking you on the break what story you'd like to tell. I wrote down a couple that I thought were interesting. One is um, Terry. She's 42 or was 42 out of Albuquerque, single. And um, she was a nurse practitioner, or she probably still is. And she had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, just because it hits home, would you mind telling her story? For us? Yeah, sure. And also home. We're, yeah, Mexico, we're staying in New Mexico. Uh, and and meeting her after talking to her as deeply as we spoke for for a long time was really emotional, right? It was really it was really great to meet her for the first time uh, in New Mexico on the bike ride. <clears throat> but her story is really interesting. It was really difficult to write because uh, she was a black sheep of the family. Um, uh, went wanted to go to Georgetown across across the uh, country, and her parents were basically like, "Fine, you want to go, go. You're on your own. That's that's that." And she really was alone, right, on the other side of the country and, um, you know, didn't have the greatest time in college, but okay time. And she met someone and, you know, they're getting ready to plan their 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 uh, marriage because they got engaged. And all of a sudden, and she's a nurse right at this time. She's in her early 20s. And um, all of a sudden she starts feeling sick and she. Fast forward, she finds out she has Hodgkin's lymphoma and she's going to need a bone marrow transplant. I mean, it's pretty, it's very bad. I want to stop because you talk in the book how this woman hit home with me because her parents never came to visit her. No. Not one time. Not one time. Or invited her back to home to spend the holidays or anything. It was very, very, I identified with that. I do too. Much so. I brought it up because I, yeah, was- because I, I, Look, we all want to feel like, oh, pity, pity me, and oh, I had it so rough, or whatever. But I, I so that's what I love about these stories is I, mean, I have no idea what it's like to be told you're going to die, but I do know what it's like to be estranged from a family where you're shaking your head, going, "But I'm a good person. Why the hell don't you come visit me? Yeah. Why the hell don't you right. ask me to come visit you? Like, like I, I'm additive to the situation, dude. Like, what the hell, right?" So I totally got her on that level. So on the cab ride to the hospital to pre-check in and get the procedures started, her fiance calls her up and says, hey, you're on your own. I got another woman pregnant. I can't be there for you. I'm staying here Oh, on the way to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So she um, makes it through and she joins a support group of people that had her a type of cancer and everyone from the um in the in her support group except for her dies and so she's lonely pretty much her whole life or been abandoned her whole life or realizes she's the only one that's going to live her whole life and for what because she's not very happy but she puts the pieces together and she goes back uh, along her life and all of a sudden uh lymphoma comes back again and and they tell her look very rare that we could do a second bone marrow transplant, but we'll do it. And all along the way, she was told, you got a 5% chance to live. You got an 8% chance of this. You got a you know 40% chance, 90% odds. Yeah, they, right? they even do that though. You know that? They, they do. And so she, uh, she, she gets ready to be cared for. And now she's got uh, another man in her life. This is many years later, right? And, and she goes through the bone marrow transplant. And, and he's, it's his turn to take care of her. And he calls her up and he says, yeah, Hey, Terry. Yeah. I'm not strong enough. You're on your own, dude. I can't, I can't handle this. Like, I'm not strong like you. I I can't come take care of you. I, I, I can't watch you die. And she's like, yeah, but I could live. Right. So maybe you should do that. He's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not strong enough. So again, she gets abandoned. Right. And it's like, ah, and then fast forward a little while later, you know, she 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 starts freaking out like she, she's not going to have kids. Everybody around her has died or abandoned her or whatever. And all of a sudden she gets ready to meet someone and she starts doing this math in her head. 
right? Oh, I had a 5% chance to live. Oh, it's 90% chance you're going to die. Oh, well, you got a 30% chance of this. And she just, something clicked in her brain. And I totally get it. She said, screw the odds. Like, let's just 50-50 everything. I'm either going to meet this person and fall in love with them or I'm not. I'm either going to get cancer again or I'm not. I'm either going to be happy at my job or not. I mean, you're going to be healthy or not. So everything for her became a 50-50 chance. And I just thought, oh my God, I love that. I love that idea. And and I said to her, I said to her one day, like, how, how, how are you able to have such a great view? And she goes, well, listen, man, like, like most people like think about this long path and how, what it all means and all this stuff. She goes, I go to bed every day going, I'm either going to wake up or I'm not. I love and, it. And I'm like, I I love that. And she goes, <laughs> and she goes, I go about my day and I go, it's either going to be a good day or it's not. Like, I love this new math, this 50-50 of everything. And I found it so admirable. And, and fast forward to much later now, because, you know, the book's been written and edited and it's been out for a couple of years now. And um, she she's married. She's happy. Um, and, and she's, she's not living, you know, the exact life she wanted to live, but boy, is she happy. And she's, she's just, she's got such a great attitude and I love her 50, 50 thing. But what I wanted to do, Nancy was not make her sound pathetic because man, just everybody dies around her. Everybody abandons her. Like she's not good enough. They don't love her or whatever. She Eventually she rose, above, she rose above it all above it all, but, but not because of anything external. I, I love what I love about her story is how the second her outlook changed, right. there was this weight right. off of her. The internal, it was like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like this stop, stop telling me odds about everything and freaking me out. Right. Things are either red or blue, you know, black. They're either white or they're black. They're either yes or they're no. Right. They're, screw the odds. It's heads or tails, babe. Well, that's what I picked up as you were telling the story and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it was just like, you know, people, here's the problem with that. When people tell you these things, it sticks in your mind and we need to get all that out. I really teach balance on the show. I mm -hmm. teach being in balance and bringing in that positive energy so that when those things like that come at you, it doesn't impact you so much because a lot of times people take these things to heart. You know, but what it did was it changed. She changed her outlook on life, you know, unbelievably so. And, and oh. it was wonderful talking to not every one of the people in the book, but many, many, many people of the book. Once they were able to yeah. have a safe space to talk about things that they had never talked about before. Once they were able to vocalize that internal voice that, you know, told them one things were a certain way and they heard it over and over in a, a totally different way. Right. There were some profound changes that took place with people because, yeah. you know, you, you know, when you think about something, it's very different than when you say it. And especially when it's about your emotions. Yeah. And, and, and that's why getting professional help is really important because you get to hear what's inside of you in a different way, at, at least. That's the least you get to do. Well, um, I think you want, I'm going to tell you what I think on this one. I do affirmations every single day. And I believe in the power of the spoken word. And I believe that if you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to have a day of heaven on earth and you do it and you believe it, you will. Yeah. Because it's really our, you know, whatever we feel on the inside. I have one more question that's really important that I want to ask you because we've got about three minutes left. You know, you talk in the book about gratitude, mm -hmm. how you learned gratitude. So I wanted you to address that because gratitude is huge. You know, the universe responds to our gratitude in an energetic way. So because when you're grateful, you're rewarded for that gratitude. But mm -hmm. you learn gratitude through this whole process. So that maybe you'd want to spend a couple of minutes on it. I can, I'll tell you, um, sometimes it takes like, uh, well, sometimes you chip away a thousand times at a topic and finally you get to the heart of it and you understand. And other times it's like one whack with the right hammer on that topic. And it's like, boom, like you get it like lightning bolt. Oh, I got it. I was introduced to one of the stories in the book. By somebody that told me you got to talk to my friend because I, although she's going through the last stages of cancer um 
when she heard that she had terminal brain cancer or what she, you know would most likely be terminal brain cancer, she was completely grateful for the news. And I went, shut up. Like, you can't have gratitude like hearing that. And she goes, oh, no, it's absolutely as authentic as you could imagine. And I was like, whatever. So they weren't in a place to be able to talk to me at that time. Uh, but she did pass. And her husband called me up and said, hey, I think I'm ready to tell you the story now. And 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 we can talk. And so he ended up um, talking to me for a very long time, uh, maybe about a, a year and a half. And I talked to um uh, his his wife's mother, his wife's sisters. I, I really went deep into their story to understand how was it possible that somebody who had a 25 year marriage, six kids, survived the death of a child. Um, how in the world could she be told, "Hey, they found a grapefruit sized tumor in your brain. You've got emergency 14 hour surgery that you might not make it through, and if you do, you're probably not going to live long after." And have her be grateful for that news. I'm like, what? it's just not even possible. And so uh, uh, to cut to the chase, why she was grateful for that news is because she had convinced herself that she was losing her mind because she was changing into a different person. And she had become so angry and so bitter and so not herself that she asked her husband to check her into a mental institution and take her away from him and take her away from her family because she was becoming a horrible person. When she was checked into the mental institution, they did a battery of tests on her and found a grapefruit sized tumor in her brain, called up her husband and said, get down here right now. And when he leaned in and said, they're willing you in for surgery, here's what's going on. She's like, thank God it's cancer, right? Because she thought it was her. So that was one of those stories. It was like a lightning bolt of don't, you think you understand gratitude? You don't because and I understand gratitude now. Like I, like I couldn't have, couldn't have believed that you could be grateful for something like that. So I guess what, what my point in telling you that story is that almost any situation can be looked at with a positive lens, with a, with a, what can I learn? What can I take away? What is this? What is this going to provide me or whatever? Right. What, and, and that's a very good reflection point for me is if that woman could have felt gratitude at that moment, I better look at everything that comes into my life and right. go, there's some amount of gratefulness for it, right? There's some amount, there's some amount of positivity to it. David, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. I've totally enjoyed it. We've got to talk again for sure. Yeah. Thanks for telling all these stories. You guys got to pick up the book. It's cycle of lives. It's by David Richmond. Okay. You guys. David, so happy that you came on. Um, you got another book in you? Oh, I got plenty. I have another one that I wrote before that that's really cool. I think you'd get something out of that one too. It's called oh. Winning in the Middle of the Pack. Ah, well, maybe we'll have you back on the high road. Yeah, it's a really good, it's a really good book. And I got my got more. I got more fiction books, more nonfiction books. Hopefully, oh. hopefully uh our paths will cross again and you'll go, oh my God, look at that. That's cool. <laughs> I love it. All right, you guys. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. Everybody have a terrific week and God bless. Please join me next time on the High Road with stories full of love and hope for our future. You can find High Road to Humanity on Toginet Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now watch the High Road on Binge TV Networks. My channel is High Road to Humanity. Have a blessed week and know by staying on the High Road, you will make it to your destination. For a psychic empath reading, visit my website, nancyyourout.com, to book your date and time with me. I will deliver your messages from the angels. And God bless. Thank you.